welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God. His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I am your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. On this Wednesday, December 13th, we are studying 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1-13. to In today's text, St. Paul shows the Corinthians a more excellent way, the way of love. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us returning guest, Pastor Richard Mitwitty. Pastor Mitwitty serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Pastor Mitwitty, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Apples. Great to be here. Pastor Mitwitty, before we get started into the text, talk to us just a little bit about what it's like to be a, a pastor on, on campus at the University of Texas. What's campus ministry like? Oh, campus ministry is great, except for the students. They always get in the way of everything. <laughs> no. no, not at all. Campus ministry is... is I, I was in the parish before. It's a, it's a totally different bird in, in so many ways. You've got a, a congregation that, that, that's constantly changing. I mean, each semester, it can be a little bit different with, with, with kids graduating and moving, moving in. So there's, this, there, there's, there's the, the freshness of, that, of, of new students and then having seniors, which are on top, and the freshmen, which are at the bottom. and got that, that dynamic here. But uh, it, it's wonderful being involved with, with young people at this age and helping them helping them to navigate their, their world, which is, which is a tough place. Mm, yeah. uh, co- co- college is hard and they need Jesus. And, and that's why university campus ministries exist is, is, is to help them with that. So um, overall, it's a great gig and I, and, I, and I love it. God be praised. God be praised. Good. Yeah. And, and I think, imagine with the, the turnover within a congregation like that, as you said, just, just kind of built into the situation, you're you're kind of figuring out what Paul says in chapter twelve about how you you fit together as the body of Christ there in that place, maybe a little bit more often or in different ways than say a, a just a, a normal parish might be, where we all kind of have our roles. And I do this around Christmas time, and I do this around Easter, and and you're you're constantly plugging people into those roles. So this this matter of of love and how you work together as the body of Christ is it maybe a, a similar dynamics, but maybe a little different dynamics at times too. Yeah, I. Paul spends a lot of time rebuking the congregation here in in First Corinthians, and and I, I don't have the opportunity to do that too often with with my students, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just, just just loving them is 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 a really a, a great thing, and 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 helping them to to deal with their life situations too in in, in love. Yeah, you, you, yes. you're hitting it, hitting it right well there. Yeah, that's right. Maybe. So so we have before us the the chapter that is known for its description of love, uh, well-known around weddings, and I'm sure that'll come up in our conversation today, but we, we get to look mm-hmm. at it within the context of the whole letter, uh, which is something that doesn't always get to happen at weddings. So give us some context. What do we need to know about this letter, what Paul's been doing leading up to this chapter of love, 1 Corinthians 13? Yeah, as, as I see it again, Paul is, is got some pretty pretty strong words for that congregation, and, and deservedly so, because they're, 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 they're doing some things Pretty, pretty badly there, even even sinfully there, and he's he's rightfully calling them out on that. Um, and 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 chapter twelve, he 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 really starts to he's really exhorting them quite a bit 
um, and talking about the uh, the value of each Christian and each person in the congregation with their spiritual gifts that 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 they have, and and, and then talks about the unity of the of, of the congregation there. You know that the head needs the hands and and, and everything in that that uh, uh, that there there's there, there's the need for unity. So he kind of shifts gears. It seems a little bit there, and he's less rebukey and more exhorty. <laughs> And uh, then, 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 chapter thirteen here, this uh, this love chapter of the Bible uh, comes in here, and, and maybe he, he's trying to tie it all together. This the, the the spiritual gifts, the value of each person, the, uh, the 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 need for each person, the unity of the congregation, and then and then tying it together in this uh, this necessity of 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 love, um, mm. and 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 that's that sounds so you know kind of hippie-ish in a way, but, but, but Paul is much deeper than that here, actually, when he's talking about love. Absolutely. That's one of the, the wonderful things about this chapter, especially in our context, is that when we, even, even as I was giving the introduction and saying this is going to describe the way of love, that word love in English has such a varied meaning. You can, you, know, you can say, I love my wife, and you can say, I love bluebell ice cream, and you better mean two different things by that. But love has that type of, of varied meaning within the English language. And in our context particularly, it does seem to be very watered down into a feeling. This is what I feel, and if it makes me feel good, then that's love. And so we want to let Paul do the defining of love here and not come to this chapter with our own preconcept preconceived notions of what love is, and rather let him show us what love is so that we could then take that in the way that we think about the way we live within the church and in the world as Christians. Indeed, yeah, and and, and, and as I, I, I'm pretty sure, I think love here almost every time is, is, is agape, love that, that yes. in, in Greek here. It's, uh, it's not any of the other varieties in Greek, but uh, it, it, it is that, uh, Un, un, unrestricted. Um, oh, what's where I'm looking for the unconditional? Uh, maybe un, that's the one. Yeah, unconditional love that uh, that typically is seen in 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 God's relationship to us, His love for us. But uh, that's right. Yeah, we we've 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 got a we, we've got a tall order here. That, that's right. That, that's that, right. That, and I do think you know you you were connecting it to chapter twelve. I think in many respects this chapter ends up being a capstone of a number of places in this epistle, even like so back into chapter 8 where he first addressed the matter of meat sacrificed to idols. He talked about how knowledge puffs up but love builds up. Mm-hmm. You think about just the whole—I mean, a lot of the things that Paul has dealt with in this epistle already, the things happening there in Corinth, if they would take these words to heart, uh, many of those things will resolve themselves. You know, what, is it, what does it mean to show love— uh, to the man who's caught up in sexual immorality? What does it mean mm-hmm. to show love to uh, your brother who's wronged you? Do you take him to court in a lawsuit? What does it mean uh, to show love when I think about my own sexuality or the gift of marriage? Right? All of these issues, even back into chapter 1, what does it mean to show love as I think about the various preachers that I've heard? And all of these issues, if, if we think about them in the way of love, as Paul will describe it here, that's a pretty big part of of working through them. And so as as much as sometimes... I think pastors, they may see this text, and because it is so associated with weddings, we kind of brush it aside. Within the context of the epistle, I think it's a really important chapter. Mm. Indeed, because it really hits for us. I mean, he, Paul's talking to the, to, to the Corinthians, but we, we look at ourselves that maybe we don't have those issues 
God forbid, we have those issues that they're dealing with, but there's people we don't like in our congregation, that's right. uh, including the yeah. pastor sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, there's people that maybe even we, we, they, we openly, we, we, we know that they don't like us or, 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 you know, vice versa. And there's, there's, there's this still, yeah, but you got to love them. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody once said to me, uh, I really don't, I really don't like those people in the congregation, but, 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 but I still love them. And then that, and, and, and that, that is so true. We, we, we need to do that. So Paul's talking to us too here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and the reason, and not just to maybe a, one more connection to the previous chapter, the reason that I love the people in my own congregation is, be, is because God's the one that's put them there. Mm. And over and over again in chapter 12, when Paul was talking about the parts of the body, God arranged them. God put them there. He, he gave them to be there. And if God has loved them to put them in the church alongside of me, whom he has loved, then it calls forth a, a mutual love for each other. So again, this is going to be a really, really expansive view of what love is. There will be application for Christian marriage, no doubt, but it's going to be broader than that. And that's that's the beautiful thing about this chapter. So First Corinthians 13, beginning at verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love." That is our text for today. That's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 13. So Pastor Mitwitty, as Paul begins, uh, he speaks about speaking in tongues, but having not love, and that makes him a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, you, you play an instrument, I think, don't you? I play the trombone, which sometimes people say is noisy and irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite, quite so. <laughs> so help us into this first this first picture he gives. He talks about uh, speaking in tongues. This is something that's come up previously, at least in brief mention. It will be discussed more fully in chapter fourteen. Uh, what's going on in this first example in verse one? Yeah, he, he, he with with the verse he starts up, then re, kind of referring back to the spiritual gifts he was talking about in twelve, especially about tongues and prophecies. I don't think he mentions the gift of the spiritual gift of faith here or, or giving, but th those are certainly gifts that are mentioned elsewhere. But um, uh, perhaps these particular gifts or people with these gifts are causing some, some, some problems there. So that's why he, he kind of calls them out. 
uh, especially the tongue talkers, I, I, I call sure. them here, that they're, 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 maybe they're causing the most disruption publicly during worship. That, that, that says everybody you know, sees that. It's, it's the most perhaps annoying to, to think of it that way. Um, but but, but he, 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 he doesn't say that that's wrong to have that gift or to use it, but, but it's their lovelessness hmm. involved in it that uh, makes them a noisy you know, gong or, or, or clanging cymbals, those, uh, per percussion instruments that, uh, um, well, there, there's a joke among musicians, you know, there's, there's, the, there, there, there's the band and then there, there, there's the musicians and then there's the drummers, you know, that's the, <laughs> the percussionist. Hey, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Paul's is riffing on that here a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds like a trombone player already. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the, um, but, but singles out that, 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 that lovelessness that that makes their their service their gift or whatever kind of useless and mm -hmm. and 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 again a gong or symbol those are instruments that aren't known for making pleasant melodies or harmonies right. you know? um well and i guess with a gong or a symbol in particular and again not being a, a musician but but just having listened to music those those certainly have their place within a within a band within an orchestra and rightly done you know very much build up the whole musical piece but of of the instruments within a band or an orchestra if those are the ones that are off i suppose those tend to draw a lot more attention than say the i don't know the the flute or the violin i mean you'd hear that yeah. but the the symbol the gong would really stand out when they're they're not being used in the right way Right, and particularly because those 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 people that are using those instruments are standing up even in the back, and everybody can see them. Right. So uh, and hear them, and 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 you know that they're wrong. <laughs> you you can even right. tell, even if you don't know the piece, you know that didn't sound right. Right. And it wasn't right. And right. So then that's the image that he uses for those the tongue talkers. Then that that I mean it, and not to maybe not to speculate too much, but again, given what else we see in this section. It seems that they're causing a particular problem, and, and maybe he is saying, hey, look how much you really are standing out from the crowd in a really bad way. Yeah, and it, it compounding that is, as I understand that, uh, in pagan worship, in, in, in I, think the, I think the Temple of Dionysius is one of these, they, the, the participants would use symbols to, mm. to, to make noise and perhaps to wake up their, their deity. So it's, just, it's really comparing it to pagan worship here the 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 uh, the dis the disruption and the the noisiness of it here and the without love it's really kind of useless here and and right. and, and right. empty yeah distracting i mean and again he'll he'll unpack that a lot more in chapter 15 when he speaks more directly to the matter of speaking in tongues yeah. but here to use it without love and I, I mean boy the tongues of men it's one thing to speak in a different language that you've never learned but to speak in the tongues of angels, I think there's there's some debate among commentators what exactly that means. If there were right. people actually speaking in some kind of heavenly language, or if that's a just a matter of hyperbole on the part of Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, but but you know these spectacular gifts that have no love become noisy instruments, sounding out of rhythm, out of place, messing up the whole the whole score. Yeah, and and, and for us today. T tongue speaking is generally not that much of a situation within LCMS churches, it, 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 in my experience, anyway. And but maybe there's a comparison with with the way people talk about each other or gossip, 
um, talking about the congregation or the pastor or their, their, their church workers. I mean, such talk literally can hurt our ears, yeah. you know, and that's like a, 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 a gong or, or a symbol that not being used properly, not, not using our words properly about people. I mean, may God have mercy on us all for, for, right. for that, for times that we hurt people's ears with our speech here. Yeah, absolutely. There's a number of places in the scriptures that warn us about the way that we speak about each other and mm. call us to speak with love mm. in all ways that we speak. So yeah, we, got, we, got, we got to find the best construction uh, on things. That's right. Yeah. The Eighth Commandment is, is mm. a very important commandment for our life together within the Church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the speaking in tongues, without love, noisy gong, clanging cymbal. In verse 2, he moves on to prophetic powers, understanding all mystery and knowledge, having all faith so as to remove mountains. Again, more rather impressive-sounding gifts, but without love, he says he's nothing. Take us into verse 2. Yeah, another spiritual gift, prophecy here. Maybe people are abusing that, using it wrong in their congregation here, and it's, it's, it's a greater gift. Paul even says, I think in, in chapter 14, he talks about you know, striving to have that, that, that gift of, of prophecy. Um, and, and so the, the necessity of love in it counts double probably for, for, for exercising this, this particular gift. And it, no matter how wonderful the gift or the prophecy is with, without love, as he says, it, it, it it's nothing. I, th- I think for, for my, for my college students, it's, it's like them listening to a, uh, a teacher or a professor or a lecturer talk incredible info and insight, but but they don't seem to care about the audience or even about their subject. They just are just you know just passing out information here, and the students check out pretty quick on on, on on that. They just they just stop listening and, and and doing stuff. If they if they don't, the person can be very gifted, but if they don't seem to care. They they'll reflect that they won't either. That's right. I mean, I think about elsewhere in this letter where Paul has talked to the Corinthians about becoming puffed up or boasting in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that can often happen in cases of, of knowledge, where rather than making use of that knowledge to serve other people, whether in teaching or, or however it is used, uh, that knowledge then puffs me up, and I, yeah. I think of myself as, as better. And that can often come across even in just the way that the language is presented in the, in the speech. Yeah, and Jesus speaks pretty harsh about those folks in, in, in Matthew 7. You know, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons and all that. And, he's, and he says to them, I, I don't know you. You know, get away from me. Yeah, depart from me. Hmm. What, a, what about this matter of uh, faith that he includes here? He says, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Yeah, kind of similar to, to prophecy. I, I have faith that seems to work wonders and does wonderful things. And, and, and Jesus even affirmed that the smallest amount of faith you know, to, to, to move mountains uh, in, in Matthew 17. But, 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 but Paul is seeming to say, yeah, hey, even if I were filled with bigger faith than, than the smallest of faith, you know, without love, it's, it, it's empty. My, my, my faith isn't producing anything really good if there's not love involved in it. Um, mm. It doesn't benefit the believer, much less the church. If, if my faith is improperly exercised. Yeah, and I think when, when we speak about faith here in the list of, of spiritual gifts, similarly in chapter 12, we're thinking about faith in a different way than it's going to come up at the end of this chapter, where Paul says these three abide, faith, hope, and love. 
Right. The, the faith there is what we would call saving faith, the faith exactly. that's at the beginning of chapter 12, the confession mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord given by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The faith that's being described here is, again, this faith that moves mountains in the sense of a a, a gift that is in addition to the faith that that saves, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's those people with that faith that just have so much confidence in what they do and, and in trusting God. But if, if they're if it's only to benefit themselves, it, it needs to move mountains, not move, not move the person with the gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it needs to be for the benefit of of, of others. And it does, definitely, that's the faith that's that he's talking about here, not salvific. Yeah. Right, right. So just to to make that clarification, because you have that within the same chapter, that we're not Paul in no way when he speaks in this verse downplays saving faith, and and again later in the chapter when he talks about the saving faith. And, and love being the greatest of those three, he's not downplaying saving faith there either. He's making a point about love. The the Lutheran confessors have to bring that up in the in the confessions that to, to say, hey, this chapter does not mean that love is what justifies you. Paul's saying something different here about what love is and and what love does. So, mm-hmm. saving faith continues uh, to be that gift through which the Lord saves us through his son, Jesus Christ. So with that clarification in mind, we move on to verse 3 then. So he's talked about tongue talkers, prophetic powers, faith that moves mountains. In verse 3, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. What's happening here? I think I think Paul's using his own personal example of his Many, many times he's been arrested and beaten and put in jail, and 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 he he's saying, you know, even if these things happen to, to you, you know, you know, looking at me, it, it still comes to nothing without that love, with with without that uh, using that that love properly. Um, so I, I think he's you know kind of, kind of pointing to himself there to, to talk about that 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 even if those things happen. My, my my work, my giving, my service is is, is nothing without that love. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so the the thought of giving things away, my mind goes to the the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, "Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing when it comes to your alms giving." So the mm-hmm. you know giving giving to the poor, giving to support the work of the church is certainly something that the Lord would have us do. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes a matter of pride, when it's done out of love, or when it's done without love, then it becomes, as Paul says here, I, I gain nothing. It doesn't do anything without love. Right. Yeah. Or, or even worse, if it's taken away from us, mm. you know, that we have to, we have to accept that as, as God's loving actions for us. You know, if t- t- they take, the, they are life, goods, fame, child, or wife, you know, taking your life, that's one thing, but taking our, our, our family, taking our, mm. that's, that, that's hard mm. uh, to, to, to think of that this is, this is, this is God's work in me still, and I have to receive that in in His love. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned you know these perhaps being examples for for Paul himself. Even throughout these first three verses, he does speak in the first person. You know, if if mm. I'm the one doing this, which is a, I think a well. On the one hand, it's it's certainly true, right? Paul, as an individual, needs to watch out for this kind of pride in himself. Mm-hmm. Back in chapter nine, he talked about the need for him to discipline himself, lest after preaching to others, he fails to attain the same thing. He, he falls. Right. So this is certainly something, a warning that, that he as a preacher needs to hear for himself. It's also, I, I think, just a, a helpful thing for any preacher to do, 
is to include yourself in this. Paul isn't speaking to the Corinthians as one who's somehow above them, but he speaks to them as one who struggles with the same temptations that they do to use gifts from the mm-hmm. Lord without love. Yeah, and, and, and today, too, for, for congregations, even ones that do supposedly you know, really spectacular uh, great things, if, if it's not rooted in love, well, it's, it's just a bunch of noise. Because it's it's very easy to do things out of selfishness. We're by nature selfish people. A group of people is by nature a, a group of people who are selfish, um, and, and we, we can we can do that. Um, and it, uh, uh, it 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 can just become a bunch of noise uh, if it's if, if it's if it's not rooted in love. If it's rooted in selfishness, it's it's not good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so that's a, a helpful thing to keep in mind. This is spoken to me as an individual Christian and the way that I ought, ought to live within the vocations that God has given me, both within the congregation and my family in the in the world. Uh, but it's also spoken to, to groups of congregations. Congregations would do well to, to take this to heart as we think about our, our life together within the larger church and the mm-hmm. way that that our actions, the gifts that we have as congregations, can be put in service not for the sake of exalting my particular congregation wherever I am, mm. but rather for the sake of the of the larger church, the whole people of God throughout the throughout the country, throughout the world, use those gifts in service to each other in love. Yeah, and that's a whole nother discussion, is it not, Pastor? No. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We're we're here. <laughs> yeah. Right. We want to. Yeah. <laughs> but this is something for us to apply in a, in a variety yeah. of ways. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Within yeah. the vocations God has given. Yeah, you're starting to open a can right there. <laughs> no, that's okay. that's just the Apostle Paul. He wants us to to think about these things. He wants no, you, us to show this love. You got so, it. And he's going to tell us what that love is and what that love does. Uh, but we're going to pick that up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. We're talking to Pastor Richard Mitwitty this morning about 1 Corinthians 13. We'll be right back. Please stick around. Lutheran Church Extension Fund exists to support Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries and church workers. How do we do this? Your investment with LCEF makes it possible for LCMS churches, schools, organizations, and church workers to receive low-cost loans for new and growing ministries. And faithful Lutherans like you, church members and church workers alike, make that possible when you invest with LCEF. Learn more at lcef.org. LCF is a nonprofit religious organization. Therefore, LCF investments are not FDIC insured bank deposit accounts. This is not an offer to sell investments or solicitation to buy. LCF will offer and sell its securities only in states where authorized. The offer is made solely by LCF's offering circular. Investors should carefully read the offering circular, which more fully describes associated risks. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Wednesday, December 13th. We're studying 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 13, with Pastor Richard Mitwitty. He serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Pastor Mitwitty, prior to the break, we went through the first three verses in which Paul speaks of certain gifts and says if they are used without love, they stand out, they ruin the musical score, they gain nothing, they are nothing, they do not benefit at all. He said they need to be used with love. And so he goes on then to talk about what love is. 
and also what love does. So begin our, our conversation into verses four to seven. Yeah, the, the famous part of the love chapter here, you know, very commonly used at weddings. Maybe this is the most preached on verse, preached, preached on verses that, that pastors ever do, you know, maybe, <laughs> depending on how many weddings they do. And, um, and, and it's very well-intentioned when couples, you know, choose this for, 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 their, for their wedding. But let's face it, what, what a tall order, man, <laughs> for both of them. I even get tired reading the list <laughs> um, and exhausted trying to think of trying to maintain all of that. You know, they're making these promises that I want our relationship to be like this and our love to be like this. And that's, that, that, that is a tall, tall order. Um, it, it reminds me of the musical Oklahoma. All right. In Texas, we don't like to say that word, but I'll say it. Yeah, the music, <laughs> only in terms of a musical Oklahoma. Um, um, where there's a young couple named Ado, Annie, and Will. And they have a discussion in song about their relationship. And it comes down to, with me, it's all or nothing. In our relationship, I'm going to give you everything or nothing. And, and this is what this list is kind of like, man, this is, this is all. This is everything here. And newlyweds want their, 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 their love to be like that. But wow, this... This this is really, 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 really hard to think of this perpetual protecting, trusting, hoping, persevering kind of love that that never fails, as Paul says here. Because uh, they're kind of saying, with me, it's all or nothing. And let's face it, the all part doesn't always work out. <laughs> mm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's like uh, this isn't a this is certainly not a wrong text for a wedding by any means. No. It, it can be very helpful for for a mm-hmm. couple to consider how their love should be shaped by what what God has done and the way that he describes it. But as as we've said, this chapter is also much broader than that. This is this is the love that is to be shared by Christians with each other, by Christians with the world, by Christian congregations with each other. This is a very expansive text as to the way that it applies. So Paul's, Paul's going to tell us what, what love looks like here. He gives shape to love, where that, mm-hmm. that word can often be very vague in our, con- our context. He, he puts a specific shape to it. And one thing that I, I like to point out, and I, I'm not the first, but when it comes to this, this paragraph, verses 4 and following, and he, he says love is all these things, in the Greek, these are all verbs. So mm-hmm. it, love, when he says love is patient, that, don't think of that as an adjective, but think of it as, as a verb, because that's what it is. So love does patience. Um, mm. Or the, the older way of translating it is love is, is long-suffering. So love yeah. suffers for a long time. Well, it, maybe, maybe that's why they don't read it that way in, in weddings anymore. Love suffers for a, a long time. <laughs> if, if we read it that way, it might not be used as, at weddings as often. <laughs> but, the, but that's what love, love suffers. Love suffers for the sake of another. I mean, so, so these, are, these are verbs that are given here. As you said, it's very like if we think about trying to do it, boy, that's that is daunting to say the least. But at yeah. the same time, it is a beautiful picture of of what is described. I mean, imagine imagine that we did these things for each other on a regular basis. What what that would be like? Yeah. And and, and that's that's where I actually like preaching on it because it's a good chance to really turn it on its head and say you can't do this perfectly. It, it's the all part of all or nothing just doesn't always work out. But, but the, these are beautiful verses because this, this is God's action on us. 
Hmm. It's th- th- these are God's verbs. We we, we look at this that the, the, these verses are pointing us to God's love for us. How how long suffering is for us? How how it 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 it, it doesn't brag. It's 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 not jealous. It's it, none of these things. God's perfect agape love for us is 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 this. And we 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 look. We, if we look at the love chapter in light of our love for 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 like husband and wife, it it it's a setup for failure because you're not going to be able to do it all completely. Um, so we 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 have to look at it in terms of God's love for us. I I, I think. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we like these these are certainly things that God gives to Christians to do in their mm-hmm. relationships with each other. But not in the sense that, hey, do this or else, but in the context of this full epistle. I mean, and going all the way back to chapter one, where although Paul doesn't use the language of love there, he says the center of our theology is Christ and him crucified. That's mm-hmm. what what he is resolved to preach among the Corinthians. And so when he preaches the matter of love, it is very much connected to that love that God has shown us in Christ by giving him into death, so that so that we are members of his church, so that through the work of the Holy Spirit we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and by the arrangement of the Holy Spirit, by the work of God, we are a part of this church in which he is active, so that we do begin to show that love. But it's it's not apart from what God has done. It's, it's only on that basis, because if we try to muster up this kind of love in ourselves, we will always fall flat. Yeah, and, 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 and our love our love for, for each other doesn't 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 forgive our sins. <laughs> uh, God's love is is what we have to look to for for that. Um, yeah, the, the 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 love chapter in light of only our love is is only going to bring frustration and, and 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 failure. We we then look to God's love, which can always be all, and it's never nothing. Yeah. Um. And and then that that and it never 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 fails. Then we're um, starting to get into the next, next next section with that. Then, well, let's let's look a little bit at, at some of the ways that Paul de- Paul describes this. Again, they're verbs. So, but I'll, just to to stick with the way that it's it's translated in the ESV. So, love is patient and kind. And again, another feature of this is notice how he says love is and does these things, but he also says love isn't or doesn't do these things. So he mm. he has a contrast of, of positive and negative both for us as we to give us this full picture. Yeah, and good. so let's just talk a little bit about what this what this looks like. What what is it what does it look like for love to be patient, long suffering, and kind? Well if you're not patient, you might become a patient. So there's there's <laughs> There's there, there's always that. So that's you just you, yeah, we we just we have to put up with stuff, with, with with each other. We have to we have to suffer, what other people do wrong to us or do bad. We we we, you know, just relax. Not the end of the world. You know, yeah. Things. Yeah. You, know, you know, minor arguments or disagreements can be just that minor. They don't have to be big. We just you know be, being 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 patient and understanding maybe is is a verb yeah. or, or that, well, that's an adjective actually oh that, that's okay yeah to yeah. understand right there, there's verbs involved in all of these yeah patience yeah. Is, is involved in suffering kindness is to 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 consider the other person first perhaps to to think about the other person in ways that i can be helpful rather than harmful uh, then then he moves on to things that love does not do so love does not envy or boast 
Uh, it, it does not do arrogance. It does not do rudeness. So talk, envy, boasting, arrogance, rudeness. What? How do those uh, mess up our love? Yeah, I, I, I still like puffed up better. That really sure really gives you an image of you know, ooh, look at me. You know, I'm I, I, I'm really great. It's 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 putting the other person first. I I, I think just it just in in basicness there is that uh, I I'm 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 thinking of my my wife. Uh, or the wife's thinking of the husband, you know, put, putting them uh, above your own desires. You know, you, instead of being envious, you are happy for the good things that are happening with them. You know, this plus you, you're, you're, you're one person anyway, as, as a married couple, the, the, these, you know, thinking in those terms that, you know, that they, you, there's no need to think this way, but I think yeah. it just, and basically it's just putting other people above you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, thinking about some of the situations that Paul has preached about to the Corinthians so far, mm, I mean, mm-hmm. the, just in the previous chapter, finding finding your place in the body of Christ and rejoicing to be there, or rather than being envious of, of where another person is, or rather mm. than thinking that you are higher than another person, but, but recognizing the way that the Lord has composed the body, certainly this is yeah. very applicable, again, to our life uh, within the Church, again. Now, keeping keeping moving, it's not irritable or resentful. That's <laughs> it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So, so not irritable or resentful. That love has a an attitude to it. Uh, mm. But then the next part I think is is important, especially in our context. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but mm. rejoices with the truth. So, so the love that the scriptures give to us isn't just do whatever makes you happy, uh, but rather do those things, think those things that belong to the truth, not those things that belong to, to unrighteousness. Yeah, we, 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 should, we should cheer on what is good and, and abhor what, what, what is evil and, and, and call it out here. And, and Paul's been doing that with them. He's been yeah. saying, hey, the, the, don't, don't be glad that there's this sexual immorality going on in your congregation. It's, That's right. It's, no, let's, let, let, let's rejoice in what's good. And we do that together then and not... In 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 a, in, a, in an envious way, we 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 enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, again, we see how this chapter is going to apply to the situation in chapter five of sexual immorality, uh, the the envious, the arrogance, the rudeness, the matter of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has talked about the matter of marriage in chapter seven. So all of all of these situations, love applies. Uh, he concludes this section: love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then love never ends or sometimes never fails or falls is, is how that'll be translated. That mm-hmm. that does seem to serve as a bit of a bridge uh, from, from these verbs into the next section. But just before we move on, uh, verse 7, love bearing, believing, hoping, enduring, what, what do we have there? Um, yeah, again, we, 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 in, in love, we, we, we put up with other people's faults. We put up with their... Their, their 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 failures, uh, especially you know, looking at ourselves too. This you know, I I I I'm never perfect, uh, so I think that's a good part of that. And and just, just in 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 enduring it with with, with hope that mm-hmm. pe- people change, people come around. We 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 still we still love them and 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 let them grow. I guess if you will in 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 some way. But uh, you 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 don't give up on. I suppose. Yeah, that's right. I think you know. I mean, the picture of of love as 
as work, or, or maybe you know, love as action, I think is, mm-hmm. is very important for us in our context because we we hear the word love, and so often it gets used as as simply a feeling, like I fell in love. Mm. The picture of, and I know that's a romantic use of it, but the picture of love that Paul gives us, again, not just between a husband and wife, but between all people, is not a, a feeling that comes and goes but it is a commitment to do what is best for the other person. And there's a faithfulness, mm. there is a work, there's a suffering to it. And, and that doesn't mean that it's, uh, it's without joy. It, it, that's the one thing that we, we sometimes, I think, forget, that when we... Like, the Scriptures talk about suffering, and they talk about joy in connection with suffering. So the fact that, that when I love, I am, I am active, I'm, I'm working at it, I'm enduring, I'm even suffering doesn't mean that there's no joy, and in fact, far from it. There's great joy in this love that bears and endures and suffers for the sake of the other. Yeah, in, in, indeed, and it's, it's um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say about that, but it's, it's, it's yeah. I, I talked too long. Yeah, no, that's okay. Should have interrupted it, me. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's love that puts up with the other person. Again, it's the unconditional love. It, it, yeah. This is agape love we're talking about, not our human perception of love, it's, it's self-sacrificing love, and that, and that certainly is God's love for us. That's right. So, so talk to us about that, because this is a description of the love that God would give to us for the sake of each other, that He would have us make use of within our vocations, within the Church. But as you've already pointed out, like we don't do this perfectly. So how, how does this, these verses, also describe the love that God has for us? Yeah, it, it, it he can keep the list, <laughs> uh, and and Jesus certainly died in, in, in proving that 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 list that this this is this is the real action of, of love. You know, God does verbs the best. Yeah, and 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 and, and his, Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection is 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 the epitome of of of, of agape that we he didn't deserve that we we deserve. Total death and condemnation. Even as we say in, in our, in our uh, confession, corporate confession in church, that uh, uh, his love does justify us. Uh, our love with with, with each other, it, we, we we're, we're going to fail, but his love does not fail. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So so as we read these verses and seek to put them into practice, we also keep in mind the love that God has shown for us, again, through Christ crucified. That is the wisdom, the power for our salvation that Mm -hmm. does not fail, that is His love given to us, that then does lead us to seek after this love for each other within our vocations and within the Church. Now, he turns a corner with verse 8, love never ends, so we've got another verb there attached to love, or never fails or falls, but then he comes back to some of the things that he's mentioned before, and and Mm. speaks about what lasts and what doesn't. So help us into... Uh, verses eight and, and following, as he talks again about prophecy and tongues. Yeah, he brings those back up again. Again, I think that that, that that's particularly a problem. I think going on in in public worship there, that he says, you know, th- th- those are going to end, but love does not. And I I think he's really, you know, pointing to God's love for us here that it it doesn't end, uh, it doesn't fail, it doesn't fall. I, I, that's a really good translation of that too. It it never. Um, um, and our imperfect things, our imperfect love ends when the perfect comes. What are you getting to there? That our, our, our use of those things is just not needed anymore. God's love is complete. 
Um, and that's when we'll have that, 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 that perfect love and Jesus promised to return. Um, and that's, that, that's the bar that God is really setting here that, 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 that his love is, is never ending. And, and our love in, in whatever we do in, in spiritual gifts is, is, is going to end. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a remarkable section as he, he talks about these things that seem rather spectacular to us, especially outwardly, that he puts them underneath, as we'll hear at the end, faith, hope, and love, and particularly love as he's been talking about. And I think, it, I mean, this really sheds a shines a light on some of the other things that he's he's talked about so far. I, my mind even goes all the way back to, to chapter 3, where he was talking about the foundation that was laid, which is Jesus Christ, and then the building upon that. Like what is it? What does it mean? What do you want your? How do you want to build upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ that has been given to you in saving faith? Well, what lasts? I mean, prophecies, tongues, those things are going to pass away. What lasts is is love. Now, again, that's not to say not to use those gifts that you've been given. By all means, do, mm. but use them in love because that's what's going to. I mean, I think there's maybe a connection. That's what builds the structure that lasts is the love. That, that puts these things, again, on the foundation of faith in Christ. Yeah, and he's really seeing that in their congregation. They've got these gifts, and they're, and they're, they're using them, but they're, it's, it's not out of love. It's out of their own benefit, their own selfishness, maybe even, even in sinful ways that they're, they're using these things, and he's really trying to direct them otherwise. And, and, and we, 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 sh- we should take heed. We should take notes of that you know, for our own congregations today that make sure that we're, we're not in, involved in that either. Yeah, yeah, to, to, build, to build upon the foundation with the attitude of love. However I use those gifts, to do so with that attitude of love makes the difference. That's what, that's what lasts. And yeah. the other thing that I find remarkable, again, thinking about the, this chapter in context of the rest of the epistle, you know, he's talking about the various body parts, and you're an eye, an ear, or are you presentable or what? And you think about, well, man, where, what are those honorable gifts? What are the, the most presentable? You know, he, he here puts tongues, prophecies... He, doesn't put them down, I suppose, but he puts them in their place and he elevates love, even to the point that like this this matter of when he was a child, he acted like a child, mm. but when he became a man, he gave up those childish ways. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it seems that growing up into being a man for Paul and leaving behind the childishness is mm. using the gifts in a selfish way mm. versus using the gifts in a loving way, and, and to the point then that what actually remains is is not the gift so much, but it is the love. Yeah. It's, it's like Paul is, is saying, hey, guys, I started a good foundation for you guys there, gave you good, solid teaching, good, good, good milk, but, but you all need to grow up. It's, it's, yeah. It sounds like you, 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 you need to get better at, at what you're doing, and, and, and that means being more loving. Sure, yeah, exactly. Which I mean, it's like, well, that's it, Paul. Like, you know, you mean we don't need to learn and get a different language going on in, in our worship service. We don't need to. We don't need to have more prophecy. We just we need love. That's that's it, and and that's mm-hmm. the answer. Which is the again one of the beautiful things about this chapter, is that it's it's so simple in that in that sense. I mean, yes, it's it's very daunting, but on the other hand, it's it's very simple. There's not some spectacular thing that you're missing. You have what you need. You have love, and that's what God has given to you. It's it's a, just a remarkable thing. Yeah, yeah. The the image of just a you know the image of the 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 growing up when I was a child spoke like a child thought like a child reasoned like a child and then becoming a man I gave up childish ways. I think it's a helpful one because because when we are like you even use the word stop acting like children, often selfishness is what's attached to that. 
oh, yeah. in, at least in the negative way. And, and that's the opposite of what Paul wants for them. Is mm-hmm. he doesn't want selfishness. He wants love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you you guys have all the tools. You're just you, you need you need to learn how to use them as adults. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, now he, he does he does make a I think a good point though that in verse twelve, right now we see this in a mirror dimly or in a mirror glass darkly. I think was the way the King James translates it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we we can't we don't because we are still sinners. We we dwell in this sinful flesh. Our vision of this is not is not perfect, uh, and our vision of our you know our vision of God's love for us isn't even even full yet either. We we don't see these things fully, but we will. He says. Right, right now we see in a mirror dimly, but we will see face to face. Right now we know in part, uh, but we will know fully, even as we are fully known. Help us just talk a little bit about verse twelve before we come to the grand conclusion in verse thirteen. Yeah, I, that's that, that that that's some pretty weird stuff. He really kind of, kind of throws this in here. Here, it's, it's, it, and not to make excuses for him. Well, I know you guys don't totally understand, but at the same time, there is that. You know, we 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 don't all totally grasp this. And it's kind of like it's kind of like throwing himself at God's mercy to say, you know, we we're, we're looking forward to understanding a lot more someday. Um, when when the when 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 our imperfection is gone, here I I think that right. uh, um, that uh, um, we, we that we we have much to look forward to, yep, to to understanding this more and better. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we think about those things that we will understand better and know more fully. What what does he leave leave us with? Well, ultimately, it's the love, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe you think about you. You probably talked about this, Pastor Mitt. Whether you imagine this with with people that you know, like what when when I get to heaven, I want to know this, this, and that. Yeah. You know. Well, when when I get to that full knowledge, what is it that that remains? It's love, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not the it's not the tongues. It's not the prophecies. It's not even faith and hope. But it's love. That's the the fully known, which is just a remarkable thing. So help us into this last verse. This is again, perhaps among the more famous verses in First Corinthians as a whole. Thirteen, thirteen. Now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah. Some some critics of Christianity say, you know, we, we especially Lutherans, we say that you know, um, we're saved by grace through faith, and, and faith is. Is, is 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 the the cornerstone? We're justified by faith and all that. But here, Paul seems to say that uh, that 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 love is more important. And even in, in so-called progressive Christianity, they'll say, you know, with, you know our, our love for others is the key. That's that's our real kind of, if you will, saving grace of, of humanity. But no, it, it's not contradictory at all here. That that faith, hope, and love, our our faith, our hope, and love all precede, or, or I mean, are are, are all are all preceded by God's love for us. And 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 they they flow out of God's love for us. When it says that love is the uh, is is the greatest, it, it it's it that's God's love for us. That agape, that that our faith, our hope, our love for each other in 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 action flows from and is it is even created by but by God's love for us, so I, I I never see that as a as a as a contradiction in in that sense. No, it's not. It's not a contradiction. And I think too, in the context here of First Corinthians thirteen, part of what what he's saying is, well, what what lasts? Mm-hmm. Faith and hope, and this isn't to say that they are bad by any means. They're they're good, but faith and hope end when you see. Right? We live by faith, not by sight. 
Paul mm-hmm. says in 2 Corinthians 5. One day we will see. And so at that point, it, it won't be faith in that sense, because we'll, we'll see it. And similarly with hope, who hopes for what he sees, right? You, you, when you don't see it, that's when you have the hope. Mm-hmm. One day you will see. But mm-hmm. when you see, you will still have the love. You will have the love that God has shown to you. And I think also we will still have that love for each other perfected then in, in eternity when we see. So we will see God's love fully. We will see our love for others fully and their love for us fully on that day. And I, I think that's what makes it. So it's not about which, which one justifies or which one is best. But, but in the end, which one's always going to be there? Mm. It is that love when we see that will still be there. And that is why he calls it the greatest, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right on. So, Pastor Mitt, we've got about two minutes here. Helps to wrap things up in this glorious chapter of love from 1 Corinthians 13. Well, I think that last part of it ties back to the looking in a mirror dimly. That, that that's I didn't really, I just remembered about that. That it, it, Think about it, you're looking in a mirror. You're looking at yourself. And here, that, that, that then when, when, when Jesus returns, you know, we're going to see him, him face it. We're going to be looking at him. And we look at mirrors. Mirrors back then were pretty crude. I mean, it was like, 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 like polished brass and that you, you could see yourself, but not really, really clearly uh, that, that, that you, you could see that so we're, we're, we're going to see much more clearly and understand love more clearly when, when we're able to, 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 to see what really lasts. And that's God's love for us. And we see Jesus face to face. What, what, what a great, a, a, a great thing to look forward to. Um, even in congregations that are struggling, like like Corinth or you know anybody's congregation, that we we still seek to love, and we're looking forward to to understanding even more the source of our love in Christ. God be praised. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Mm. Pastor Richard Mitwitty is pastor at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. He's been helping us today to study First Corinthians thirteen verses one to thirteen. Pastor Mitwitty, thanks for being our guest today. You're welcome, Pastor Apple. My pleasure. Love does patience and kindness. Love does not envy or boast. Love is an action, an action that God has shown for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Through that love of God for us, He has saved us, and now He has given us in His church to love each other. We continue to keep our eyes focused on Christ crucified as we seek that love, and we pray for His return when we will see Him face to face and know His love in fullness. I'm your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. If you have any questions about 1 Corinthians 13, send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. It is always a joy to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.